Well, welcome back to the Worship and Technology Podcast. As always, my name's Christian. I'm part of the team here at Multitracks.com. And let me start by saying Happy New Year to you. This is the first episode of 2021. We are just beginning season two, a few episodes in, and I'm really excited about the conversations we've got coming your way over this season. I've loved reading all the reviews, feedback, messages that we get about the podcast. I'm really excited to hear how it's helped and inspired so many of you. One of the reoccurring bits of feedback is this request to go a little bit deeper in the technology side. So we're going to do that in today's episode without a doubt. I get to sit down and have a conversation with Bottega, which is made up by three incredible musicians from Hillsong who have served in various bands and various roles at that church. But today we specifically talk about samples, drum samples, key sounds, and how you can leverage technology in your band and in your worship leading. It's a fascinating conversation. It might not be for everybody, but for those of you that stick with it, you're going to learn something and be inspired just by the level of creativity in the way that these three guys approach sonic landscapes and the way that they craft sounds. So here's my conversation with Bottega. Sit back and enjoy. Well, Bottega, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you. Thanks for having us. You guys are sat in Sydney, Australia. Is that right? Yes, we are. We are. We're sitting here. It's about 10 p.m. And so we've been hanging out just social pizza. We're, really, we've just been eating pizza <laughs> and hanging out. Do you want to make it sound like we're being productive, but we're really just eating pizza and hanging out. Well, thank you for staying not late or at least working late to um, have a conversation with us. I really appreciate it. So before we jump into talking about Bottega and your roles, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners, who you are, maybe some of your background in music, and then what you do outside of Bottega. It would be amazing. Yeah, sweet. Well, I get, I mean, there's three of us in Bottega. I'm Grant, Grant Koneman. So yeah, I guess I just make music, all kind of aspects of making music. I play drums. Drums is my predominant instrument, but I, I dabble in piano, grew up playing piano, but right. I would no way call myself a master of it. So yeah, produce, record music. I've been doing it, I guess, professionally for 10 years. And yeah, we've been Bottega for three years now right so yeah roundabouts yeah just do that i tour playing music as well so i was living in america and then covid hit and now i'm back with my guys in australia (laughs) i'm ben tenikoff i mostly play keys do sound stuff uh, recording designy stuff you should hear him on the kit though he's got a mean beat (laughs) it's a good laugh (laughs) I'm Cobes and I'm a drummer as well, like Grant. Uh, I've been drumming for ever and um, that's kind of my forte if I have one. I wish I could say that I am an engineer or like my parents made me play keys when I was young or something and now I get to level seven or like I'm just a drummer. But I love it and I live it and breathe it. Yeah, it's been really fun delving into Bottega over these last few years and, and getting to focus more on the sound creation stuff and getting stuff out there that we really believe in and that we think is really going to help people. So that's been like a really big part of the last few years for um, for us. And professionally wise, my lane is drumming and drumming alone. They both say like they, they neither of these guys talk themselves up very much. Cobes is like <laughs> an entrepreneur, businessman, like Tenny is like a sound genius you both just kind of like, oh, you know, I dabble in this, but 
<laughs> we try. We try hard. We're a bunch of tryhards over here. So how did you guys meet? Did you meet through living in the same area, through church? How, how was the connection made? This is, It's a very, very funny story because I never met Tenny, but we actually went to the same university oh, together. Yeah. And years, okay. years later from working with each other, I think I remember seeing Tenny at church and being like, that guy looks familiar. And then once we actually became friends, I was like, did you go to this university? And he was like, yeah, I didn't finish it, but I went there. <laughs> and I, One semester away still. <laughs> I keep pestering Tenny to finish it. I'm like, bro, you've got to finish this. One semester? One semester away from a degree. <laughs> but I guess we really started to know each other from like all, I guess, attending the same church, but then working for the same church. And so... These guys are obviously in Hillsong United and have been like 10 years. Yeah. You've, you've both been in that? Maybe 10 years. I remember. It's been a while. But I guess me, I'm the like third wheel of that in terms of I started working for church. The third wheel on yeah. a tricycle that would not have survived <laughs> a day down a normal road without its third wheel. All of that to say is these guys were already good mates. I came in, started working for church. I did Bible college, started working for church okay. and then started to become friends with certain people. And I studied audio engineering. I didn't just like land in the job, but all of that say, then started working on albums, started working with Cobes and then hence Tenny. And so I guess that's kind of how it mm. formed. Tenny, yeah, Tenny and I are roommates on tour. So, as Grant said, we're we're in Hillsong United, and so Tenny and I are roommates on tour and like best mates. And Grant, now we're business mates, and now we're business mates. <laughs> and um, and Grant and I started working together really closely, like he alluded to, with church projects a number of years ago, and we just gelled. It was, I think it was, it was empires. Yeah, it was a long. It was a minute ago, mm-hmm. and um, we just gelled and we just like hit it off professionally. And then also personally, like we just really enjoyed each other's company and in working together more and more through more projects, I guess that's kind of like how things kind of turned into us being like, look, we work together. Let's, let's actually do something. Let's step out and do something ourselves with this. Yeah, it re- really all came together through church predominantly. Yeah. Amazing. So the three of you now form Bottega. So let's start there. What is Bottega? What is it and what do you do? I guess it really stems out of everything that we've done and worked on the albums over the years. So I guess in our spare time, we make music and professionally we make music. And so then it was, I guess, the decision to kind of like, well, we naturally make these sounds. I guess Cobes and I started it really because we would just sit for hours, like no joke, hours, like just playing with like a kick drum things that would bore right. people to death mm. potentially has <laughs> bored your boys tending to death sitting here being like <laughs> pressing a button at a time and just <laughs> move to a synthesizer again. Yeah. <laughs> and so naturally we like i get you know working on albums i guess that's why we paired so well together i have a I'm an audio engineer as as well as a drummer. And so I guess not many engineers necessarily would have the patience to <laughs> sit with Cobes to go down those rabbit holes. And then it yeah. was like, okay, well, why don't we actually like do something with this? We're naturally making all of these sounds and yeah. then we could- We would write stuff that was like, we were just so passionate about. Like that's what happens when you spend eight hours locked away in some- 
some like basement room and you're like yeah. trying to come up with the the perfect part for this song, right? And you've come up with something and you you're pumped on it. You're like we we have spent so long delving into every single facet of this beat and yeah. um so we were just buy into it and then mm. um, naturally when you're working with other musicians writers producers everything's not going to land that's that's part of art right you, like we all look through different eyes and we all see beauty in something that maybe someone else doesn't necess- necessarily see and I think um, I think I, I want to just speak for myself now because I don't know whether this this lands for the other guys but like for me I was like okay this might not have landed perfectly for that song but this is a hundred percent gold like this is a concept this is this has character this this has like heart to it this can't be um the end the end of the story for this either beat or sounds or you know it sounds passionate but i guess we can't i kind of am anyway yeah. but um so i think for me i was like i like this process it doesn't always land it won't always land it shouldn't sure. always land but um i think that the fact that i enjoyed the process so much i was like let's find a way that we can do this where we can actually sit there and for the love of of um, sound, we can actually write and create and go, this is something re- we really like and stand behind. Let's see if someone can find something cool to do with this yeah. as opposed to letting, letting, like burying things in the sonic graveyard time after time. You know, it was like, I actually want to spend time, dedicate time to just writing for Bottega and like getting getting creative and writing stuff that we think is beautiful and has should have a life. Well, I mean, th- like they kind of always say like the best business ideas come out of like scratching your own itch. And so even for us, like looking for samples, we were so deep into like just creating our own samples that the other side of that was like, well, why don't we just make the samples we want to use so we can mm. use them when we want to use them? And then out yeah. of that, it was like, well, maybe other people would want access to this resource right. as well. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, yeah. why don't we have a pool of kicks that are like our go-to kicks, snares, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, well, we had this bundle and it was like, well, maybe this should be available. And then, and I guess the business kind of fell out of that. Yeah. And then yeah. Tenny was always our like sounding board. He was always the okay. guy that we were like, oh, what do you think about this? Or like, what could we do with this? And we've always respected Tenny's opinion sonically. Like, even though he can play a mean beat or two, he wouldn't call himself a drummer. But like from a, you know, whether like a snare lands in a song, it might be like, oh, do you think this is the right snare? And Tenny would be like, oh, no, why don't we try something like this? Like even before it was like, we're using Tenny so much, why don't we actually bring him in? And he becomes yeah. a part of Bottega. Like it was clear he was an asset. He was helping to strengthen Bottega, and it was just like let's make this one big happy family. Uh, yeah, I think we all want to see each other win, and it yeah. was like I guess we really celebrated each other's wins. That it was kind of like why don't we do something that maybe we can all win together? And <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. And plus, it, I guess it was more of an excuse for just to us to hang out yeah. more often. <laughs> 100%. I love that. We tell our wives, it's like, no, no, we're doing business. Like, <laughs> business. <laughs> Pizza and Bottega. So you've taken this hard work of being creative, finding the right sound, digging deep for this gold, and then made these samples available for other people to use to save 
I guess, them time and if they're not inclined to go down the same lengthy rabbit trail process for creativity. So are these samples that people use in recordings or are they using them live or is it both? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty new with multitracks, but the way that we've seen people use our samples and even the way that we use the samples is a combination of live and also like definitely working in the studio or just working, you know, behind your your computer, wherever that is, if you're in your bedroom or whatever. So it's very much like sitting there producing, working on a track, adding in samples to build out your beats, to lay layers underneath what you're doing through like our ambience pack or some presets with static or whatever it is that you're doing. It's like definitely helping to support your creativity while you're building songs. And then the live aspect is definitely trying to resource people to be able to perform, um, be it at a drum kit with a drum machine, uh, performing on a, a drum machine with your sticks, like playing out a beat in a section of a song or maybe layering with your kick and your snare or something like that. Or if you're at your keys, um, using using products we've created to uh, like performing with those those presets or those uh, sample layers. So it's really just a blend of, of live performance depending on the instrument you're on or sitting behind a, behind a computer writing and creating. For me... From a live experience, I guess, like, we use it in the studio all the time, like, creating songs. And from a live experience, I had people coming up through me playing live, whether it's in church or someone else, and I know Cobes did, that they had their Roland SPD-SX. They had the hardware that we were using live. And a lot of it was kind of like, well, where do we get this the sounds from, first of all? But they were also like, what sounds are you using for these parts. And a lot of it would be me going, oh, like even like pre coves I'd be like, I, j- I just made them. Like I either like got samples from somewhere else and I processed them or like ran them through hardware or guitar pedals or whatever to make them unique. And I think that yeah. like piqued people's like sonic ears, especially drummers to be like, these aren't the sounds that I'm hearing that are coming stock or like, yeah, and for Cobes, it was like very much like, what sounds are you using on albums? What sounds are you using that you're just creating? And so, from a live perspective, like we both have experience of people coming up and saying, "What are you? What are you? Where are these? Where are these?" And I guess that was very much pre Bottega being like, oh, "I don't. Yeah. I have. I can send you my Dropbox folder. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, they wanted the right sounds. They wanted like the sounds that were synonymous with that part in that song." Totally. But even so much as to like, I mean, I kind of nerded out so much being like, even though these are the drum sounds we made on XYZ songs, I would even go like re-replicate them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like That's diehard. Yeah. I was kind of super nerdy into it, but I can't even really remember what the question was. I just remember the live application being like- Yes, we definitely use them in the studio. And I think you said something that it was like to supplement, but I find them so standalone as well. Like so many songs I build in in the studio, it's like they're like yeah, the parts, they're, they're the sounds. I think it was yeah. talking about like fleshing out your creativity. Like for, for me, we wanted to create something that was like so unique and so standalone and I guess strong that it it was like these are the sounds like we're completely using. We wanted something that was like- Yeah, like this is the kick sound. This is the snare sound. It's not like this blend of this and that and this and the other. 
but ag- again, coming back to live, I guess Cobes and I, even, I mean, I started touring with these guys a little bit, I guess, just through my role, like working at church. And we would sit and pair samples, like for him for tour, whether, yeah. or, or for an album where it would be like, okay, this is the acoustic drum kit I recorded. And for every right. single song, we would sit down and we would find, Mm. at least two kick sounds that we electronic kick sounds from hardware drum machines and the same with ses, snare sounds tom sounds sounds yeah. and we would pair everything so that kind of then really got us into the the triggering world and then implementing that live to for kick and snare triggers and yeah. now it's quite a iconic sound of cobes that yeah is whenever there's a kick or a snare sound, it is uniquely paired with something digital to, I guess, manipulate his acoustic sounds to make them really kind of unique and, and very him. Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting to you. I feel like it's a bit of a compliment. Thank you, man. Yeah, of course. Let me dig a little bit there then, because I think those drummers are going to be hearing what you're saying and they totally get this and they're excited and they're like, yes, this is amazing. And then there's going to be people listening going, what are they talking about? Are they talking about an acoustic kit? Are they talking about a digital kit? Does the worlds collide where you have acoustic and digital sounds? And like some people are going to be a little bit, not confused, but surprised that maybe what they're hearing coming off your platforms is more than just a kit or a track. So what I'm hearing then is there's tools for people to use in the studio. And then there's a live application of you pairing samples and the real time live acoustic sound as well. Can you talk us a bit through your setup and how those worlds collide. So I'm pretty passionate about that blend of acoustic and digital. And okay. um, obviously with Bottega, we spend a ton of time working on those digital components. And um, I feel like over the years, I've really developed a love for what can be achieved when you marry your acoustic kick with with a, a supplementary sample so, you know, you could call that layering or or whatever you want to call it. Like, tr- obviously, you've got a, a physical trigger attached to the drum kit, to the kick right. drum, and then whatever other instrument you're, you're triggering. You, for me, it's just a kick and a snare most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's providing a layer that, in my case, can't be achieved acoustically. So, you know, I'm setting up right. and I'm in a room and I've got my kick drum and I've got it sounding great. That comes across a little bit. I've put my best foot forward to make my kick sound like something that I'm confident, like I can stand behind and go, this is a kick drum that sounds sounds exactly how I want it to sound. You know, it's sounding great. But I also want something that's going to help support that and give it some, for me personally, it's it's a characteristic that tends not to be super achievable acoustically. So that's when I delve into the realms of of like drum synths, right? That are like- that are just like stunning instruments that create um, timeless sounds, but they're not real. Like they're not really acoustic sounds. Not really. Like, you hear them, and you go, "That's a kick drum." But I don't know what kick drum ever made that sound, right? Because it's it's yeah. that's what what I mean when I kind of say like the more electronic sort of thing. I stand behind that. I think that when I I marry those two sounds together, well, when I say I do, my engineers, right, front of house, and my my monitors engineer, when they blend those right for the room. You know, I'm not sure this, the percentage. Are you confident? I'd guess it like, I'd guess that my, I mean, should I guess? Maybe I shouldn't guess. <laughs> There's enough there that when you're hearing my kick drum and my snare drum, you're hearing a blend. You're not, it's not 100% acoustic and it's certainly not 100%. And it's not, it, it's like, let's call it 
I mean, that's probably generous towards the sample. Let's call it 70, 30, right? <laughs> I think, I think 30% uh, electronic. Uh, yeah, I think the big thing that Cobes is saying <laughs> <laughs> is, is very much that we in no way are ruling out the acoustic drums. The acoustic drums, we, we are making them sound as best we can. And I guess yeah. from my perspective, especially when it comes to snare samples, is it's like another synth layer. So if Tenny's playing keys, then he has options. He's like, he could be playing a pad with this, but then he might layer it with another sound. And so combined, he gets something that he can't get from one or the other. Yeah. And it, yeah. it changes the sonic components of each song. So for one song, Coves might have this like deep, gushy snare trigger that's like, Gush! do you know what I mean? And another one's kind of like more of a digital kind of 808. Yeah. And so that can change the sonic component of each song rather than just having like a kick sound and a snare sound for his whole set. Yeah. But when you're rooted in like predominantly the acoustic sound, which I am, it doesn't, it's really just like what clothes does the kick drum have on or what clothes does the snare drum have on? It's like still the yeah. same snare drum. It's still the yeah. same. And that's really important, I guess, in my philosophy is like get your drum sounding good and then provide them with some extra little additional layer at, at will, right? Because I don't even use my triggers and my samples 100% of the time. Nowhere close to that. But, like, I engage them when I need them. Yeah, I think that the technical component of that in terms of, like, how we implement is very much a hybrid. I know for for Cobes and I, like, it's not like an electronic drum kit and then you turn around and he's sitting on an acoustic drum kit. (laughs) He's implemented the electronics into his acoustic kit. So, and I'm, I'm exactly the same. And I guess when... Uh, yeah, so I, I guess the build out of that is we have a brain of some sort that is for us both. It's the Roland SPDSX, but I know Yamaha do brains. People also run Ableton and run like a drum rack within Ableton. And then yep. you have rubber pads or say your Roland triggers, D drum do triggers. Do anyone else do triggers? Anyway, so a trigger is literally some a piece of like kit that you put on your snare or, or your your kick drum or your toms, and then when you hit that, it sends a signal back to the brain to trigger one of the samples. And then I guess the second component of that is both Cobes and I, when we play, sometimes completely just rely the parts on those drum pads. So say like a verse might be completely on the drum pads and then it bursts into like this huge chorus. So it's a way of adding dynamics and Mm -hmm. like... I guess, completely doubling your kit. So a big thing I'll do is I'll have like a kick pedal next to my real kick pedal that is purely like a drum trigger. So it's a kick pedal that is purely like (laughs) a pad. So it doesn't hit a real kick. It only hits a pad. Is that a good description? Okay, great. It hits itself (laughs) with me hitting it. And then, so I'll do like that in the verse. So it'll be like completely electronic drum kick, which will still sound huge. And then you can jump to real kick, which also might layer that kick that I've already been using with an acoustic kick just to take it up to kind of a next level. So it's that kind of real hybrid integration where sometimes we're implementing samples with the acoustic drums we're using but then we can also be totally reliant on the rubber pads just triggering those samples. I think that's about it. Yeah. Like, 
technically, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the way we do it, but a lot of people right. do it through Ableton or kind of other brains. There's a bunch of them out there. I guess the reason we use the Roland one is it has internal memory, so you can load samples onto it. Have the memory in there. So that's getting kind of like super nerdy, geeky in it, but you said you this can- was the technical season. Yeah. Man. This is the technical season. This is perfect and really well explained because I think there are there are people out there that maybe go, okay, I knew there was a key stick and I knew there was digital. I didn't know these two worlds collided. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I got the chance to play with fun toys. I thought that was just for the keys players. So that's <laughs> yeah. really, really well unpacked. I guess um, we definitely want to say there's an affordable approach to it. Like it's not like you have yeah. – well, you obviously have to spend money to get the equipment, but we're kind of right. like – we love the secondhand market and there's also a very affordable way to delve into that. Let me ask you two questions around that. And Tenny, sit tight for a moment. We're going to get off drum samples in a moment and talk about keys, I promise. But but let me ask you, let me ask you these two questions. So you guys get the privilege of playing in really big rooms with really big sounds. And I think that's amazing. Does the technology you're talking about translate to platforms of all sizes and churches of all sizes is question number one. And question number two, for anybody that's hearing this who goes, hey, I want to get into this. I want to try this out. What's a great way for someone who's new to this world to get involved? So it's definitely not for just big rooms and big environments. I think it's really about the performance approach. And that doesn't have to be, will I use samples and triggers or will I not? I think that I'm, I'm always like a big ambassador for working one-on-one, like working closely with your front of house engineer because everything you yeah. do as a musician on stage, whether you're in a small room or a big room, goes through their hands. They're the ones with the, the control to set the levels of everything, right? And so they're the ones that are like making it sound good in the end of the, at the end of the day. You're trying to give them good raw audio. I think that in this sort of scenario where you go like clearly uh, in our experience, we've been able to make sample usage work in a big room you can make it work in a small room without any problems um first and foremost you got to make sure your levels are good right so you're going to be working with uh, a front of house engineer that is aware of when you're relying on your sample usage and how you're relying on your sample usage and uh, once that's covered Grant is going to interject because he I just am, did a breath. He's like, I am going to interject really interject. quick because <laughs> I, I guess being at a bit of a techie, I have been on the receiving end in terms of sample. So in terms of Cove saying the levels are correct, I think a big mistake some people make, not everyone, but they judge the sounds by either their headphones or their in-ears plugged in. Um, and that just does not translate the same way it does out at front of house. So they might be hearing a kick fine and a snare fine, but a higher frequency is cut through so much louder than lower frequencies. So you might be hearing a kick drum fine in in your ears, but out at front of house, I can guarantee you, like, so let's say that you've got a volume scale of zero to a hundred. Lots of people will have their kicks at a hundred and maybe like their snares at 90. But from my experience, kicks are at lower frequency stuff is at, full volume and then snares are sometimes down at 50 or like 55. So that's, that's all I was going to interject with in terms of like how to get your levels right. Something again, that's a big conversation with whoever is is doing front of house. Cause you might be like, Oh, it sounds great in my ears. But then if you haven't had the conversation, they're just going to turn it off because the snare is pumping 
and then they're like, or turn it completely down where the snare's good, but then nothing yeah. low end cuts through. Yeah. So yeah. where I, I would then be like, well, I'm completely relying on my kick drum for the start of this song, but you've turned it all the way down to sit my snare because I haven't leveled with you. So now the yeah. room feels empty because the start of the song, I want to rely on this electronic component, yeah. but you've turned it all the way down. And like that's happened to me so many times where I'm like sitting there in a rehearsal and I'm I'm trying to basically build a patch for, for a song, right? Because I'll get a song list and I'll be sitting there at the kit and I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna want a tambourine and I'm gonna want a 808 snare kind of vibe here. And so I'm gonna find them, right? And I'll be going through my sounds and it'll be like <laughs> Like, whatever it is, right? And, like, all of a sudden... Did somebody sample that? Did you yeah. like sample that? Can we have that on a pack? Yeah, I didn't have a metronome, so please don't. Uh, <laughs> It'll be, like, five samples in, and someone will be like, oh, can you turn the drum machine down in my ears, right? That'll happen 100% of the time. The fifth <laughs> sample you hit, and five people have just taken drum machine out of their ears. And what has the front of house engineer done? I don't know. If they had it in the mix, they probably <laughs> dropped it right out of the mix, exactly as Grant just described. So... It is like a definitely a, if we drummers want to be taken seriously with our sample usage and we want to or be just able want to be taken seriously, like, <laughs> as musicians, like, we are, uh, then you need to have that conversation with front of house because they're the gatekeeper, right? It's like, yeah. I want this to be a win. Let's work with them. And so, you know, and maybe you don't have that luxury because you're strapped for time or you don't have that relationship yet or you're uncomfortable because maybe you're like a new drummer in your team or whatever, then certainly do your best job with with your, with your headphones on, plug straight into the drum machine before you rock up to set your, your samples at the right level for the patch. Anyway, your question was like specifically about whether this Rooms. is going to work in a smaller yeah. room. I definitely think it can work beautifully in a smaller room. I don't think there's any hindrance to get it sounding good. It's a bit about a conversation with the engineer and how they're what they're doing differently for a smaller room. Um, and, uh, it's also, in my opinion, it's less about, will you play samples or will you layer a sample with your kick drum or with your snare drum? It's more about what parts you're playing, how are you adapting your drum style and your approach, your dynamic and your parts to suit the environment, to suit the band you're playing with, to suit the, the, the size of the room, you know? And that's something that I personally do all the time is I'm adapting my, my performance to suit the environment. It's one thing just to, it's one of the reasons is to connect well with the audience, right? And just to, to feed off the audience. But another thing is really just, I guess, more of an intellectual approach where it's like, this room's small. Mm. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to like, I'm going to strip this back. I'm going to do this here, right? And in terms of like, I guess, entering the market, I think it one needs to be something you're interested in and passionate about or, you know, curious about at least before you dive in and go, oh, I guess everyone's doing it. I think, do you know what I mean? It's like if you're interested in it and passionate about it, then you'll kind of find a a way to implement it. And it's one of those things that I guess creatively just opens up another world for you. Like I can't tell you how many times, like Cove just said, it's like the whole second verse is drum pad. But without that, then... We've also played shows where we don't, it, you're kind of like, oh, I won't bring my drum pad because it, it's whatever set to this kind of room. I, I'm not going to use the drum pad. And then a song happens where you're like, I really wish I had my drum pad. Yeah. And right, all yeah. of a sudden you're playing 
drum pad parts on a normal drum kit and you're like, <laughs> seriously, I feel like Simon Phillips or like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you're kind of like, this just doesn't work because this is what the song calls for. So I think that's part of it in terms of like, what is the style of music you are playing? Does it require this yeah. implementation? And yeah, then I think it's very, from, yeah. yeah, it's very easy to get into now. Like again, you could just get a Roland, a secondhand Roland SPD even. I mean, they're not as good as the SPD-SX, but- I used them for years. Oh, years. Anyway. Actually, there's. you could argue that there's some elements that are better. Yeah. Okay. We have- That's even getting nerdier. Yeah, there's just one- That's season <laughs> three, mate. That's season, season three. Season three, all right? <laughs> there's one thing they took away from the update that Cobes and I are like oh. spewing about. Anyway, I mean, it's still money, but I guess something that you're passionate about and will open up a realm of creativity, um, I believe is worth the investment. And that's the thing you have, whether you're going to invest the money or not, if you're a musician, music just costs money. So whether you're passionate about it or not, it is an expense. And to be honest, it's not much of an expense in relation to everything else you need to buy drum wise from hardware, cymbals, drums. And the um, payoff is huge. Like you, you get yourself sorted in that the realm of triggering and performing with pads, and you're opening yourself right up to like so much more creativity, yeah. so much more fun. You're gonna stretch yeah. yourself professionally. You, you know, you, you, it's it is a little bit more tricky learning how to do it, how to how to master it, or how to get your head around it. But it's so much more fun. It really elevated my uh, love for drumming. Yeah. And it really came at the right time for me too. I was kind of personally just a little bit fatigued of, of just the monotony of drumming. And then with the incorporation of this technology, I was like, oh, this is so much, this is so sick. Like I just get to do this whole, there's this whole nother arm of what I'm doing. And I yeah. think that any drummer would find that exact same experience. Great. I love it. So I go and get my Roland SPD, SPDSX. Which pack from Bottega should I start with then that I pair? With that drum pad. Well, I mean, we are not in agreement. <laughs> you're not going to get unison answer. <laughs> I mean, we all we always say the debut pack again. Okay. I guess following on from the story, that the debut pack was actually the the samples that we would just we created because we wanted a pool of sounds that we would continuously rely on. So, like when Cobes and I were like, let's just make a bunch of sounds that we can use for every kind of setting it's got i don't even know how many sounds it has in it but it has kick sounds snare sounds tom sounds so pretty much for both of those we're like okay well let's have sound kick sounds snare sounds we can pair with our triggers and then also play parts on so debut is probably like the most approachable pack yeah it's a good starting point for sure yeah but in terms of which one we no i was actually okay maybe we are in agreement I was going to say debut too, but I was going to jokingly say that, like, as soon as you get debut, ah, oh, don't worry. Okay, <laughs> nothing, do not, nothing. Okay, for me, I use Midnight probably the most. Midnight and okay. Modify. Midnight's um, the dark horse. I reckon Midnight's the dark horse. I reckon there's so much in Midnight that's so good, yeah. but that just goes under the radar. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're like personal faves. Yeah. But I like, again, half of my world is in the live drumming world and half of my world is in the creating music world. So that for me blends the two quite perfectly for me. Anyway, 
You can't I go wrong it. is the answer. Get them all. Is Get the right them all. Answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get them all. So I go to multitracks.com and I click on your profile and then I realized you're not just drum samples, despite 42 minutes of conversation around drumming, which is amazing. You guys aren't just drum samples, right? There's other content on there. We alluded to this earlier. So what are some of the other packs that we can find that you guys are doing and and why are you doing more than just drums? Yeah, well, we have two other, I guess, I want to I want to say more than two, but like we have a pack called Asterial, which is like yeah. the big daddy pack because it's, <laughs> it's really got like five sub packs in it and that's Ambience and I'll throw to Tenny in a second. And then we also have Static, which is yeah. which is only just came out like a minute ago and that's yeah. our um, Tower Presets pack. But I'll let Tenny chat about what these packs are. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At what point did you go, enough with drum samples, let me do some key stuff? <laughs> he literally he, he went out of frame from the video to, to yawn multiple times. <laughs> like, you probably shouldn't have started with drum samples. As soon as you say drum samples, Copes and I, okay, cool. Like, we, have we got three hours just to talk about a kick? Like, <laughs> I was slouching and snoozing over here. <laughs> A stereo. Yeah, yeah. Tenny. So, what else have we got that's not just drums and percussion? So there's this little thing called a stereo. It is really rich analogy textures. I think they're like 10 minutes long. It's like 16 to 18 keys. One of those numbers. I'm going to say 18 keys. I'm yep. pretty certain there's 18 keys. Uh, and there's kind of like five uh, tonal centers. And then there's four within that each as well. And how and do you like use a it? plethora of sounds and tones and timbres and textures to use it you're just kind of like starting a song what key i'm in great drag it in and you have something very comfortable to start with if you're using it live then you can i'm a keys player so this will be a keys example you can just like fader in filter it if you want to and then like you can play like a little simple piano part and it's really comfortable and you're set for any transition or the start of any song it's really exposed you need someone supporting you you get this little guy called a serial i think the birthplace of that was we're all i mean we're always just sitting in a studio and we'd be working on a song and tenny would be at least once i guess the key of the song is established again it will always change but at least for the first workshop tenny will sit there with the synth and create 15 minutes of ambience and so it's like great let's do a run through of the song and he'll just sit there holding a chord with his sustain pedal and then we'll duplicate that track for something to play to. So there's this great bed of ambience or texture or or a drone, something out of the plethora of synths that he is using. And so I guess for us, the amount of times we're sitting there going, okay, Tenny, hold something for 10 minutes so we have a great bed to work from, we will, again, just going, well, why don't we just have... It's a waste of a take. Yeah, it honestly is a waste of a take when we can now just go, let's grab that slice of audio, whatever it is, we've got the key there ready to go, which took a long time. (laughs) Now we're just set both from a studio experience and then the live implementation has just been amazing Mm. just to be like, to have this really rich sonic quality that is like used awesomely for transitions or just great beds for songs whether you're relying on playback systems or not, you can have this this great bed of texture and ambience that's sitting there that's super high quality. So it really came from like Tenny exploring that world so often that it was implemented so much 
for us to go, well, why don't we just make this easier for ourselves? Mm, yeah. So that's really where I guess a stereo came from. Yeah. It's a bit of a hack as in like, it's a hack of time. It's like by being able to incorporate this high quality ambience product for the most part, you're going to end up with way higher quality ambience than you could ever achieve yourself. And then also you don't have to actually create it, stand there holding it for 10 minutes. Um, you can actually focus on the parts that you're probably most enthusiastic about focusing on, which is like starting to write lines and work on the chord progression and, you know, and start working on, on the, those other elements that are, that take a little bit more brain power. Yeah. yeah. I think, again, getting into the technical component of this ambience, we've always liked movement within our ambience, not something right. that is static. Yeah. Which Wrong choice us- of words. <laughs> Right choice of words. No, static means- Excellent segue. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. But we always liked something that has movement. So, Tenny mentioned delays or like, I mean- Watching ups. Yeah, like we'll do things, say like hold an up that the release time is really open and it's all Tenny's experience. I've learned so much from Tenny- just by like sitting in watching him do that's why I love synths so much. I'm a drummer, but I'm like so hard into synths because watching this guy like manipulate things or even something as simple as ambience, like it sounds so simple, but having something that is human and complex, it naturally pulls people's ears into the music rather than having something which is completely static or monotone mm-hmm. that is so stationary. It doesn't take people on a journey. And that's what we find really unique about Asterial and something that we're so proud of is it's that something that has this real human quality and pulls you in as a listener. And I guess Static moves us on to the next pack that we have released. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about Static? Yes. So that's uh, Tau, which is a little software company based on uh, this Tau, you you know, LX. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I use it all the time. It's based on a Juno 60 kind of thing. So like vintage synth, uh, really lush, really rich. Using it live. Like I use it on tour all the time. Yeah. Tenny's the brainchild behind Static, where it's his experience. Like Static wouldn't exist if he if he didn't have the experience of sitting behind yeah. a Juno 60 or a mm-hmm. Juno 106. And actually, started with six. Actually, uh, <laughs> take another zero off. You yeah. keep on working back. <laughs> but yeah, like how sick would it be if you could just rock up? This is speaking like a like a drummer. <laughs> like if you could just rock up with your like computer and your you know your external hard drive or two, and um <laughs> and you know and you're 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 rocking up to the gig and you've got such a wide range of um of resources available. Like that's not something you can do when you're reliant purely on hardware. Mm. You can't rock yeah. up with multiple keyboards or multiple drum kits. It's not realistic. So how good is it to be able to like rock up on a Sunday or rock up on a Thursday night to rehearsal or whatever and be like, oh, yeah, you wanted to throw that song into the mix? Sick. Let me just pull up this sound that's going to sound so good with it. I know it was made with love and I know that it's going to sit so well in this mix. And yeah, sorry, I forgot to bring my Juno 60 or my 6 or my 160. But I've 160. Got- <laughs> okay, this isn't the technical component. Anyone listening, don't go type in Juno 160. No, <laughs> you're I've not got gonna- the zero in the wrong place. It's a 106. But you get what I'm getting at. 
But I think you're so right. And I think that's it, isn't it? That's that's the heart behind multitracks.com is to save worship leaders time so they can focus on what matters. And I love how that pairs with what you guys are doing. That you know these I think you said a line there which is which is great. These have been made with love, they've been made with care, they've been made with skill, so that someone can save that time but also feel fully prepared in any environment. Yeah, exactly. And I guess whether you're a touring musician or you're walking into a church environment, time is precious and we don't always have as much time in any of those environments as we love so i think my comments on that ethereal pack is sounds incredible and i'm loving to see how different people are using it we're seeing people use it inside of the doors we're seeing people use it inside of playback our ios app for creating those moments even if there's no keys player there and we're even seeing people use it inside of stage ready our main stage template where they can bring that in with other patches and other sounds and there's probably a hundred other uses for That's it right. so i love how versatile you've made those sounds that's amazing and Static has just been incredibly popular. And I think, what, 70 sounds in that bank one that people can use, which is yeah. incredible. So people should definitely go and check them out. Bottega aren't just the drummers, nope. it, it, it appears, right? Which is super exciting. So let me ask you a couple of final questions, and then we're going to wrap up our, our time together. Uh, what are you guys working on right now? Uh, and what's next for Bottega? What can people expect to see? Kenny, what are we working on right now? I actually started a bank too. Yeah. I haven't told Grant yet. board today. <laughs> we started a static bank too. Uh, and Amazing. then we're also we're chipping away at a pack. It's it's under the radar at the moment, but we're chipping away at another pack. Um, how much can we say? I think, <laughs> I I think the pictures on our website. Oh yeah, okay. We're we're chipping Just away at a, well, we're chipping yeah, sure. away at a pack called Overload, which we're like really excited about. It's another drum and percussion pack. Nice. And I guess it's it, the Overload is a type of processing that we use a lot that we haven't. Uh, really displayed in our other packs. So I guess it's another sonic world that we dive deep into, but haven't really shown that through the other packs available. So we're, we're really excited about that one. It's one of yeah. the really fun sides of recording. Yeah. It always brings a smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been loads of fun. I've learned loads. I may even go and try to learn how to hit a snare now in time and see if I can get into drum samples but um, you converted me but Kenny can teach you he's giving lessons yeah absolutely so guys thank you so much this has been been great and I um, really appreciate we've loved as a team at Multitracks working with you guys and your heart behind resourcing the global church and continue to create incredible sounds for us worship leaders and musicians to use thanks great. mate it's an honor to be working with you guys we really love it too so thanks for having us on cheers <laughs>